Welcome to In the Gutter, a podcast that is all comics, all bangers, all the time, with story expert Lonnie Diane Rich and superhero scholar Joshua Unruh. One of the hosts has read almost no superhero comics, and the other has read almost all of them. We'll let you sort out which is which. And now, In the Gutter. So I said, oh, so you want a Sega Genesis Mini? And they were like, no, I want an actual Genesis. Uh-huh. And I was like, they're 30 years old. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I call my friend and who is, uh, or she was before she moved out of Oklahoma City. She was a member of the Retro Gamer Society of Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Like they mm-hmm. had a convention. I did the convention wow. a couple times. It was awesome. It was super fun. And uh, she was like, let me see what I can do. And then she calls me back a couple of days later and she's like, I need your mailing address. I'm sending you a Genesis. <laughs> My final uh, part of this anecdote for Christmas morning for opening the presents, which I feel like you'll appreciate as a parent Mm -hmm. who entertains yourself at your children's expense (laughs) to some times. Like, look, non-parents who are judging me right now, uh, how many times have you made your dog like sit with a hot dog on its nose? Like sometimes they're there for your fucking amusement. Okay. It's just facts. So I wrap the Genesis in one box and then I take the games and I tape them to the inside of a box that is so much bigger oh. than is necessary. Not like, not like huge bigger, but just like. Right. Because those know, were those like tiny little cartridges. Is yeah, that they're what they this were? big. Yeah, yeah. They're like a little bigger than cassette tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're thicker, but like the, that's the size. In fact, look, I just dated the shit out of myself. How many, there, I was but- going to say, how many of our audience actually knows cassette tapes? <laughs> It's bigger than a cassette tape, but smaller than an eight track. Fucking deal with it. Um, So I tape the games to the side of this box and then wrap the box. So there's this box that's like a foot tall, you know, and feels like there's nothing in it and no sound is made when you shake it. It's fantastic. So I gave them uh, the Genesis box first and they opened that and they were all excited. And I said, I'm really sorry. I couldn't find you any games. They're actually really hard to come by. Now they called bullshit on that cause they've been on eBay, <laughs> but I was like, all right. and then I made them open up some other stuff mm-hmm. that I had gotten for them. Smaller things in between. And I was like, well, I guess you better do this one, you know, and they pick it up and I open it and they're like, games. And it was fantastic <laughs> and hilarious. Cause they thought they had a console. They wouldn't be able to do anything. With oh yeah, yeah. They clearly don't but know the, you. <laughs> The ju- <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, in a I don't know. Years you would give a kid a console with no games. <laughs> I mean, if they were really that hard to find, I would be like, "You need to be happy. I worked this one miracle, <laughs> actually." But no, yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was fucking with them. Yeah. But yeah, uh-huh. but I my my favorite part of this is that I went from you want a fucking what <laughs> to within a week. Yeah, what's your mailing address? I'm going to send you one. All That's right, amazing wizardry. Absolutely. Well, okay. I guess that's just as good um, a segue into our Patsy Walker discussion um, as any. Uh, All right. So today we are reading um, Patsy Walker, uh, Hellcat number two, Snowball Effect part two. Uh, Last week we had a discussion about... um, How how much I'm not particularly enjoying Patsy as a character, um, and you had a, a, a mini you like psychological experience from that. <laughs> I, yeah, I got a lot of. I may be discovering feels. some things about myself that I 
That's stories are, are we'll great for self-discovery. Great for self-discovery. Uh, but anyway, all the uh, credits will be in the show notes. So anybody who wants to find out, uh, you know, get a link to this so they can read it for themselves and decide if, if you know, I have a leg to stand on with my anti-Patsy stance. Um, you know, uh, you can go ahead and find all that in the show notes. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give us a little bit of a summary of what happened in Snowball Effect number two. And uh, this is... This is what I think happens. Uh, Patsy fights a sea monster named Bessie. So we open with that. Uh, Bessie appears. And again, like I, I read this as, you know, a couple of times and tried to figure out what was going on. Um, but I have no idea. So Bessie appears to suck Patsy <laughs> into the top of an igloo in the depths of the ocean. But when Patsy lands, the magical women inside say that she flew directly to the top of the tree. So I figure I missed something there or there's something I'm not understanding. Then Patsy quips with the women who tell her that they need her to rescue the daughter and heir of, I'm not sure, I think they're, they're, they're people, I guess. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm, they need mm-hmm. Patsy to travel into a psychic overworld to rescue the heir from a monster called the Arulatak, a creature who consumes human flesh and then sends its victims back to devour their own family members. So sounds kind of like a zombie thing. Um... Patsy is not dressed for the weather and wishes she had her luggage and then it magically appears and she dresses while the women tell her that she needs to travel through seven layers of something, existence, I don't know, find seven companions that could be anything to lend her their skin so that she can travel undetected. This is what I think is happening. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Patsy accepts the mission and is sent out to ride in an SUV with a dude from the bar who brought her to the bears, the dude that she called Trapper John and had had left for dead in the middle of the snow. Um, And is this all a dream? I don't know. Or is this how Patsy Walker experiences the world on a regular basis where men just come to her and drive her places because, you know, wow. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the women give Patsy a large talking stone artifact that they tell her is a map, but she insists is a calendar because it kind of has that Mayan calendar look to it. And then uh, Patsy takes the SUV and drives off and the artifact starts insulting her. So she leaves the wheel of a moving SUV to go into the back and threaten it. And then the SUV, completely unpredictable, uh, who could have seen this coming, crashes and she escapes it just in time to find a huge wolf monster with glowing eyes who calls her manslayer. And that's it for today. I guess. I don't know if I got any of that right. All right. So, Joshua, did I get any of that right? <laughs> Close enough for funk. <laughs> All right. So what is your response to this issue? Okay, I think it's weird and confusing on purpose, and Mm -hmm. I really like that because we're doing shamanic magic stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. that should legitimately not always make intellectual sense. Mm -hmm. Like, and and it reminds me, the the seven women remind me of, like, the Weird Sisters in Discworld, except the Weird Sisters Mm -hmm. are often the main characters, so they have to make a little more sense for our sake. Mm -hmm. So this is like, what if the Weird Sisters were secondary characters and Mm -hmm. did not give a fuck if you understood what they were doing? (laughs) 
Well, yeah, no, definitely. I, I can see that weird yeah. sister energy uh, going on. So, um, yeah, I like that. Your mileage may vary. I mean, like anyone's mileage may vary. But in this, I don't like stories that don't make sense or people that just jabber. But also it's magic shit. And also we're entering into kind of a fairy tale space, like Mm -hmm. where things are just going. I read somebody compare this to Alice in Wonderland, where it's like, yeah, uh, uh, the things that that are going on around have a type of internal logic and consistency, Mm -hmm. but it is divorced from actual logic and consistency, you know, um, and and I and again, loving Patsy as I do, the fact that Patsy's just gonna Patsy her way through that, I I approve. I enjoy. So yeah. So I like it, but you seem like I don't know, are you lukewarm? Does the weirdness not work for you as well? I, I haven't warmed up to Patsy. Oh, well, yes. no, of course not. I think the incredible disrespect <laughs> that she shows for these women and uh, when they tell her that this is a map and she's like, no, it's a calendar. No, it's a calendar. Um, you know, it feels just like peak white lady to me, you know. Um, and so, you know, as a white lady, um, you know, maybe it, it shines some of that light back on me and I need to like sit with that in that discomfort. But the point is. Uh, Patsy just irritates me through the whole thing, just continues to irritate me. Um, She's obnoxious. She's rude. She's disrespectful. And she seems like, uh, you know, how do do I say it? Like lacking the ability to sit and think about what's going on and like, you know, um, and deal with it in a way that, that makes any sense whatsoever. So, yeah. So I am still struggling to love Patsy at this point, I think that I kind of like the uh, Alice in Wonderland comparison because mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that kind of opens up like last last week we opened up a space for you psychologically to kind of like think about <laughs> why you love Patsy. And I think that maybe this week it's my turn to think about why I dislike Patsy so much. Um, and And when, you know, you talk about Alice in Wonderland, which is another story that I have never enjoyed. Like, I've never liked mm-hmm, Alice in mm-hmm. Wonderland. I like the Cheshire Cat. And oh, I don't it. think I knew that. Yeah. I might have recommended a different story if I'd known that. But <laughs> no, do no, no, go no, no. on. But it does give me insight, though. Like, because um, I, you know, I grew up in a family that was not exactly um, friendly with truth or reality or anything. It was always, reality was constantly <laughs> shifting for me as a kid. Like, one day it'd be one thing, and the next day my mother would be like, no, that never happened. You know, like, gaslighty shit like that, right? So I yeah. have a real aversion to stories. Stories in which reality is malleable without a mm-hmm, deep explanation mm-hmm. and without a world building concept that that anchors that in rules so that even when it's unpredictable, there are rules behind it. Right. And here I feel like we have Patsy. Yeah. Moving through the world very much the way that Alice in Wonderland does, you know, where all the rules are constantly changing and nothing seems to make any sense. And I don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, and I think that part of that reality distortion warp that Patsy sort of has around her um, may be part of why I'm not really connecting with this story. And that might be something that I need to sit with, with my therapist, you know, <laughs> I can kind of work that stuff <laughs> Well, out. no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, as a reason that you mm-hmm. might bounce off the sort yeah. of non-plot that yes. we, like, we know what we're doing. She's moving in a straight, well, mm-hmm. we have an A and a B, but it will not be a straight line between right. them. And mm-hmm. the fact that it cannot be a straight line between them may be a thing that, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's like to unpack. Right. With your therapist, but I'm like, oh, I can see why you would bounce off that. For what it's mm-hmm. worth, 
shit is weird around Patsy, but shit mm-hmm. is weird around Patsy in the way that shit's weird around most superheroes. Maybe a Fair little enough. more supernatural for her. Mm-hmm. And and she is a person to whom things happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, part of that's like putting herself in a place, you, you know, like, oh, I'm I'm the Beast's lab assistant. Hey, can mm-hmm. I be a superhero? Can I be a superhero? Can I be a superhero? <laughs> can I be a superhero? Can I be a superhero? And then what do you know? Eventually, there's an opportunity for her to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. But it's still, she puts herself in the position, but then she very much is a, a thing, you yeah. know, a person to whom things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not want to discount at all the sort of racial difference, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think there there is something, I think it was 2015 when this mm-hmm. was published, and I yeah. might read it a little differently if it was new to me now. Mm-hmm. I also think it's worth pointing out that these seven women are being cryptic on purpose and are lying to her <laughs> from, sometimes from sentence to sentence. Like, mm-hmm. they don't agree with one another mm-hmm. perfectly. And so I can kind of excuse some of Patsy's, like, can we just... Look, you're all full of shit, but you want me to go save this person. Can we skip to the part where I get to do the part that I understand? Can we can we just move to where I have traction? Is like I, again, I don't want to like like throw away the read where mm-hmm. you know, uh white lady doesn't listen to indigenous people, but also these specific indigenous people are being really fucking confusing on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I can share the frustration. <laughs> All right, you know what? Like, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and, and honestly, like when the uh, the map starts, like you know, talking shit to Patsy, I actually really do enjoy that. I yeah, really do yeah. enjoy them. The map feels like a character stand-in for how I'm feeling at the moment, um, and so it's nice to have that in there. Um, but let's go ahead. Oh, and- watch that space! <laughs> I want to come back to that statement. Well, I see. refuse to deal with that right now. You need to read the rest of the series, but everybody remember Lonnie said that. Okay, everybody remember I said that. All right, so here we have like our notes. You know, like we have our notes, we share our notes, you review my notes, and I have done it again. Where I take the uh, the title this page is a Kindle, Kindle and think fault, it's not the cover. Fault. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure last time, even when I went through the Kindle, I discovered that it was it was there as the cover art, and I just got confused between the cover art and the title page. So I'm going to let you open up talking about the cover art because what I talked about was the uh, was the title page. So, so remember mm-hmm. that we are going to have a pretty significant. Yeah. artistic disconnect between mm-hmm. the covers and the interiors because it's a two very different artists, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So for the future, if you're looking at something and thinking, oh, this is the cover, but it looks like mm-hmm. the rest of the interior art, it's not the cover. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this cover is once again a Stuart Eminem drawn piece, which is mm-hmm. very different than La Fuente's interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. Again, it's, it's Patsy being awesome. She's actually fighting Bessie on the mm-hmm. cover so it's yes. a little more action oriented um and it's a little more of what's actually going on in the book i will mm-hmm. say also imminent trends i don't think that i could say imminent is uh uh photo realistic in the mm-hmm. way that epting kind of trends but yeah. it's closer to that than it is to la fuente's more like loose yeah. cartoony style mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of energy on this cover, even mm-hmm. though it's closer to that photorealism. And I only bring that up to point out that, again, 
like I like that that approach, but mm-hmm. that those folks tend to be a little flatter, a little yeah. less dynamic mm-hmm. in the action. But I think Eminem is serving both of those masters really well in this cover. <laughs> so now that I have linked you the actual cover, yes, and I can look um, at the actual cover. I love. This tell cover. me how you feel about that. Yeah, it's really. I good. love the cover. Really I think good. it's really cool. We have. Um, I love her hair as being kind of like a fire image, you know. Um, yeah. And so I think that that is really cool. So we're deep under the water, you know, with this sea monster, and basically it's all Bessie is is all tentacles all day. That's like basically mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. Uh, what Patsy is struggling with, um, and. And there's something about Patsy, like, you know, she's wearing kind of like a Batman style visor over the top of her head. Then there is flame in her hair coming out into the water, which I really like. And we also see a reflection of Patsy in Betsy. So we see those colors, um, the warm colors reflecting yeah. into the gray, blue, black of Bessie, the sea monster. Um, and I also love that we have a sea monster named Bessie. So like when I look at, um, at Patsy, in this context also she's got kind of a grimace on her face so oh, she's not, working yeah. yeah she's working really hard and the thing is with patsy it feels like she just kind of la-di-da la-di-da is her way through life and nothing is an effort for her it just sort of like oh i guess i'll just do this now and like that's kind of how the interior art is really getting her across but here mm-hmm. we have her um in a fight working really hard flame coming out of her that flame reflecting even underwater like it cannot be put out you know even underwater it's reflecting on on Bessie on this monster that she has to fight and I actually really love the energy of that cover I'm not sure that it represents what's going on inside the book um, or inside the, the issue um, it's it's like a Rashomon it's like the same yeah, thing but through a, a very different, different lens absolutely right? yeah. so I love that and then like when I'm talking about uh, I was talking about the the title page when I was putting my notes in here in the script, um, but the title page has like a representation of her psychic imagining of both Iron mm-hmm. Man and Reuben superimposed over her fight with Bessie, and I kind of like the way that it's pulling in these elements because because it seems to me like my experience of Patsy in in these issues that we're reading is that she is bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing, and nothing is really pulled together. But here we have Mm -hmm. you know what she was doing when she got the call and then who she got the call from that started this whole thing so we do have a sense of of like a thematic at least or a a consciousness within her of how she got to where she is right now um where to to me the vibe of the story has been patsy just you know blithely bounces from one thing to the next and can Mm -hmm. only focus on what's in front of her and doesn't see the connective tissue so it feels like there is a sense of there being an overall um consciousness for Patsy of all of the things that got her where she is. So I actually kind of like that. I mean, I really do like the the title page and the cover art, maybe some of my favorite things, you know. I really like too, as I think more about this Alice in Wonderland thing, I really mm-hmm. like that those memories aren't really memories because yeah. both mental Iron Man and mental Ruben start talking j- dream gibberish, mm-hmm. you know. And it's again another note that we are entering a space where things aren't going to work right. like they mm-hmm. ought to work. It's mm-hmm. like, whether she likes it or not, this is the drink me and eat me 
You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. she's going to go through this hole at the bottom of the ocean and wind up on top of the tree. Mm-hmm. The yeah. hell does that mean? It means what it means. It means what it means. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 mysterious dream shit that Reuben and Iron Man say to you mm-hmm. may matter. Mm-hmm. File that away. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> it's dream. It's the, yeah. we're entering into a very dreamy fantasy quality, you know, on on purpose, mm-hmm. which, again, your mileage may vary wildly. <laughs> Well, I have to say, like, I really and I love the art, you know, I love that cartoony art that LaFuentes is bringing to this. Um, So the interior is as much as I, you know, like, I don't really appreciate um, Patsy as a character. Um, I haven't, mm-hmm, I, haven't mm-hmm. I haven't developed the appreciation as of this reading, um, but I do love the way that the art is drawn. I like the the colors and the energy and the fun of it all. So, like, I definitely yeah, yeah. enjoy the colors and the artwork um, in the interior. I want to. I second all of that, but I want to draw uh, direct attention to. The way that LaFuentes lays out a page mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not just in the panel to panel flow, which is mm-hmm. legitimately very good. Uh, yeah. Whether you would understand the story, I don't know, but I could hand this to somebody who never read comics and I think they would be able to follow the like the page flows. Mm-hmm. But we get another fashion show. And again, this fight with Bessie with like dream stuff superimposed over it. The page layout work in this book is mm-hmm. top tier. Yeah. yeah. Um. You you look at LaFuentes and you think, oh, there's a ton of energy and dynamism. They're going to be great at at superhero stuff, and they are because mm-hmm. all of that's that that verve is in there. But it's also these pages are not boring; like mm-hmm. they are laid out really cleverly just at the layout stage. Um, and I think that that title page and the fashion show both really bring that out. Even if yeah. the fashion show is low key an excuse to do a bunch of uh, gibberish exposition mm-hmm. without us getting bored, I don't care. You fucking did it. I'm intrigued, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, just really good interior work. Yeah, no, really, really good. I'm, I'm so loving the artwork, loving the way that it flows, loving the way that it tells this story. But I still have to say, like, I'm still at this point where I'm like, I'm really not sure how to respond to Patsy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this all feels like a fever dream. And once again, like, I'm locking into your Alice in Wonderland uh, comparison because yeah. I think that hang on to that. I think that'll be useful. Similar yeah. energy. And I think that there is definitely a like, I have a resistance to that, like I talked about. Um, you know, but Patsy is coming off like entitled white lady asshole to me and I feel like I'm I'm missing something but I really just like she's so irritating to me like her entire energy just grates on me so hard um and and I have I think that gives me difficulty along with the Alice in Wonderland sort of story space which is something again that like is is a me thing like there's a clearly Alice yeah, in Wonderland yeah. is a classic for a lot of reasons and people um attach to it and understand it and being in a psychedelic space is a great way to be able to look at reality through a context that is not real and you know, through a lens that is not about reality, but it's about like what everything means. I think that that's incredibly valuable. The fact that it doesn't appeal to me is a me thing. That's that's a my psychology mm-hmm, thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I don't know. Like I'm still I'm really struggling to uh, care about Patsy at this point. And like I don't really know how to respond yeah. to like this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a real thing. I will say that uh, 
you know, at this point, I think I can definitively say that fever dream stuff is yeah. intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, whether oh, that works for you or not, huge question, but they're doing right. it on purpose. I also, I don't, I, I think it... It's true for everybody in the story in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's true for Patsy because she does tend to avoid her problems both internally. Well, she she avoids her internal problems by, you know, bouncing mm-hmm. around and punching stuff, uh, right. you know, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really appropriate for, well, let me say this broadly, because mm-hmm. shamanic traditions across different cultures are not the same, mm-hmm. but they honestly do share you know, some some similarities. There's mm-hmm. some uh, interconnectedness in those Venn diagrams. Mm-hmm. And the fact that everything is kind of, as you say, psychedelic or uh, altered reality mm-hmm. is in line with some of how shamanic traditions see the world. So right. I actually kind of love mm-hmm. that. And again, from that perspective, I see Patsy as the one who is trying to impose some kind of order on that. She knows it's hopeless. She's fucked with magic people before. Yeah. She knows that it's low-key hopeless, but she still needs a couple of handles. Like, can you just point me in a general direction? <laughs> like, I get it. The gibberish time is over, you know, which again, with a couple of layers, could read differently. But that's right. that's really the 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 way that that I see her approaching this. Like, just give me something to hang on to, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, and you they know- are studiously not doing that. <laughs> right. But they are, you know, like they're asking her to do something for them, you know, and they are giving, they're trying to give her the tools to do it. And amongst themselves, they are arguing about whether Patsy is even up to the task and able to do this and if Patsy is the right person and all of that. I actually like the, the, uh, the magical seven, a seven, a magical number. We've got seven of yeah. these ladies in there. I really love that. I love that they're all arguing with each other and none of them is really sure about, you know, if, if this is the right thing, but why the hell not? Right. You know, they're like, they're like do. mean aunties. They are. And I kind of love it. I kind of dig the energy, you know, um, but the way that Patsy speaks to them, I mean, it just, it feels very like, uh, you know, a white mockery of indigenous uh, people at the same time. The, you know, perfect, magical, you know, person of color, be it indigenous or black or whatever, and especially putting women in that state. Like, I like the fact that we have, you know, women of color, specifically indigenous women who are saying, no, you're going to do something for me, bitch. You're like, you're going to do this for me. I like that. Um, But the way that Patsy speaks to them, the fact that like, you know, she's saying it's a calendar when they say it's a map, like this is their magical world. Like, you are in their magical world. If they tell you it's something, run with that. Like, just believe them, you know? And so, like, the dismissal of what they say, of the tool that they're trying to give her, all of that to me, I was like, ah, you know, this is so really super irritating. Um, And so, but I I really, like, I like the ladies. I like the ladies. (laughs) I like that they, they are also, as I am, ambivalent about Patsy and her value, you know? Um, so I really feel like, you know, like understood in that way. Um, I like that they're asked, they're saying, we need you to do this thing for us. Go fucking go fetch girl, you know, uh, get us our, our princess and our heir, you know? Um, so I like all of that, but just Patsy's attitude, Patsy's response. And again, more of this, like, la-di-da, I'm going to Scarlett O'Hara my way through life, you know, kind of thing. Um, (laughs) like all of that. And, you know, and like, (laughs) 
I, I appreciate the fashion show. Like, she, where I wish I had my luggage, and then suddenly it's there, and now she's trying on all of these things, and she once again is centering herself in everything. Um, and that, to me, is like, mm, you know, I mean, like, I, I love the artwork of it. I love the visuals of it. I love, you know, like, the the way that the, the pages flow and all of that. But Patsy is just get she's working my last nerve. I just don't I care about these these women and I love them fighting and I love them being cranky and I even love them being rude. Like it doesn't bother me, you know. But Patsy's whole, you know, like centering herself in absolutely everything just irritates me. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are a couple of ways mm-hmm. that you could read this interaction. And it yeah. really depends on how much you appreciate Patsy or don't. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So there is a reading here where everything is so weird around her mm-hmm. that she grabs the only life preserver she has, which is her indomitable personality, right. which whatever mm-hmm. you can think about it, you can hate that personality, mm-hmm. but it is definitely indomitable. Yeah, it is like, that. Mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, there's a way you can read that where it was like, well, they're all being cryptic and shitty. So she is sarcastic back and mm-hmm. just tries to get them to give her some handles so she can get the job done. Mm-hmm. And again, also, this is informed a little bit by the wider uh, aspect that mm-hmm. people who are not themselves magical. But this this is a thing I, I think across genres, but you do see this in superhero stuff a lot, mm-hmm. is that people who are not themselves inherently magical but have to deal with magical people are like, can you just calm the actual fuck down? <laughs> And talk like a normal person. Like that, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think you see that um off and on throughout Supernatural. That mm-hmm. it's that that the two main characters are like, we just want to murder it, not yeah. understand it, you mm-hmm. know. And that when they have to deal with somebody who's like, it's a larger world. No, it isn't. I just want to fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you've read uh like the Dresden files, like mm-hmm. there are a lot of mundane um characters in there that are like, Harry, shut the fuck up and tell us what we have to do. You know, mm-hmm. so I, again, broader genre knowledge and appreciating that Patsy's just like, uh, mm-hmm. the only thing I can hang on to is me works for me. Right. I can absolutely mm-hmm. see where that is not at mm-hmm. all, you know, working for you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that a lot of the stuff that the ladies say to her, mm-hmm. to Patsy, will 100% matter in yeah. unexpected ways, mm-hmm. both positive and negative, like both mm-hmm. things where they shot her straight and where they did not. Yeah. But none of that is in this issue yet. Mm-hmm. So all we all, you know, and again, this is part of the, the joy and pain of serialized fiction. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is that, that, um, I mean, I know that there are podcasts that look at books on a chapter mm-hmm. by chapter basis, but I also think usually maybe I could be wrong, but usually mm-hmm. they talk about that chapter as part of the wider whole. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here, yeah. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it changes the tone of the conversation when you can see how all the pieces fit well, together. And I, love that. I don't know that it would redeem it for you. So I'm not yeah. like suggesting mm-hmm. we'll get to the end and you'll be like, never mind, I love Patsy. But you might be like, oh, yeah, they were actually completely bullshitting her on some mm-hmm. percentage of this. So her skepticism is reasonable in hindsight. Y- anyway, yeah, we'll I don't know see. that I would necessarily define it as uh, as skepticism, but you know, like I get it. And also like the idea that I, one of the things that I love is when I'm engaging with a story and I don't get it and I don't get it and I don't get it. And then all of a sudden you get to the end and everything 
fits together yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. ooh, and it changes your whole perspective on everything. Like, that's one of my favorite things. And I'm definitely holding space for that, like, mm-hmm. as an outcome of this experience and of this discussion, you know. Um, and, I, you know, it's like I want to like Patsy. Like, I want to be into it. And also, like, part of it, too, could be that I just don't get it yet. Like, I don't mm-hmm, understand mm-hmm. it yet. And I've had that experience a lot, too, where I've bounced really hard off of things. And then once I understood them, I could engage with them in a way that made them extremely meaningful for me. So, like, I am absolutely holding that space. I'm saying this is my reaction in this moment with this kind of limited sure. viewpoint that I have of this character from just these these issues. Um, and there's definitely, you know, there's definitely stuff that I like and stuff that I'm enjoying. It's just that Patsy herself... Like, it's not one of those things. I don't want to, cer- I certainly don't want to overpromise, especially right. when we're in issue two of five right. here. Mm-hmm. But I would be really interested um, once we've kind of laid this foundation of a Patsy that is true to herself, I yeah. feel is true to the character, mm-hmm. but that you don't love. Um, and then another, her other big, like, sort of reinjection into mainstream mm-hmm. Marvel in the last 10 years or so is when she started working with She-Hulk as the investigator for She-Hulk's attorney firm. Ah. But when they first run into each other to get drinks and catch up, they are both at very low moments. Yeah. And so you see this kind of like uh, vulnerability where you can tell Patsy realizes that life is complicated in fact, she realizes it's so fucking complicated, she just refuses to deal with the complexity a- mm-hmm. as much of the time as she can. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be interested in this as a foundation for, like, uh, uh, that mm-hmm. vulnerable moment. And then she bounces back and, like, fuck yeah, we can do this. And she hulks, like, fuck, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, the vulnerability is definitely yeah. a huge part of connecting. Like, vulnerability is how we connect with each other. Anybody who wants to learn more about that, I would absolutely recommend Brene Brown's work on vulnerability and shame. Um, but, I mean, that's part of, I think, also what is going on with uh, Patsy in these couple of issues is that I have not seen any vulnerability from her. You're not going to get a lot. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to get some. You're mm-hmm. going to get some, but more as a reflection in other characters. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say she's not a character in her own story. I will just say she's really true to who she mm-hmm. usually is. Right. I got to say usually because, you know, lots of people have written her. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But you do see reflections of this when she meets people who are unsure or vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get it with the map in this one, but you will even get it with the map. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So, watch that space. <laughs> all right. So, Joshua, um, here we are at my favorite part of all of my podcasts, which is where I talk about what my favorite part of whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, you know, that's when we do that. Uh, so, again, we have two. We have favorite art um, and then the favorite part of the story, the favorite story beat. Um, and for me, I have to say, like, my favorite art in this, as much as, like, the fashion show is not my favorite character moment for Patsy. Yeah, um, yeah. The spread 
the way that they drew this at La Fuente is just amazing. She's getting changed. Um, we have women in these little, you know, bubbles where we see their faces and then they're talking and they're giving her instruction as she's getting changed. And so a couple of things that I love about this one, just the artwork itself, just the visual, you know, representation of it is absolutely gorgeous. I love the way it's put together. It's that two page spread, which I really love. Um, but the other thing that I really like about this is that it does show Patsy while she's, you know, engaging in this, um, you know, in this like apparently narcissistic, let me change all my clothes in front of you and show you how beautiful I am moment. It is interspersed with all of these women and everything that they're saying. And she is listening. You know, she is mm -hmm. like, so yeah. while she seems to not be paying attention to them, she is absorbing what they're saying to her. Um, and that is part of like, whereas in a two page spread of her getting changed, I would expect it to be just her, just Patsy, center of mm -hmm, the spread, mm -hmm. absolutely center of the world, everything. But we do have these women and this mission that she's on now as a big part of the consciousness you know, that mm -hmm. she's having, because I believe that this two page spread is very much from her POV, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I appreciated that. Like, I appreciated that she's listening. I appreciated that even when it seems like she is completely in a narcissistic bubble, that she is listening, that she is absorbing, that she is thinking about what she's going to do. And she's preparing to go on the mission and help them. And so, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah so I like that. That, that, I feel is like a real insight into Patsy's character. Mm -hmm. Like if that, and I'm not asking you to do this, but that level of charity mm -hmm. for what's going on in that, like applied broadly, mm -hmm. I, I think really gets the positive stuff yeah. that I like mm -hmm. it, that I like mm -hmm. about Patsy. Um, I'll, I want to piggyback just a bit on that in that this is an inversion uh -huh. of a thing I've mentioned on other podcasts that I love when superheroes do. So I love when superheroes have to do super shit mm -hmm. in regular clothes. Yeah. This is kind of an inversion of that because every outfit she puts on is over her Hellcat costume. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's I I apparently also like accessorizing superhero stuff with yeah. completely mundane civilian <laughs> things. Mm -hmm. And just now I just want more Spider-Man in a scarf right. pictures. <laughs> well, you know? it gets cold on top of those buildings. That's what I'm saying. Spandex doesn't keep you warm. Come on. I mean, come on. Yeah. So my favorite art is actually your title page. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's the hallucination slash memory of Iron mm -hmm. Man and Ruben. Yeah. They're black and white. Like they're white outlines on black mm -hmm. over the very colorful foreground. Yeah. Is like really striking as a visual and and goes a long way to suggesting the kind mm -hmm. of weirdness. Yeah. That we're getting into. And and I really appreciate it because later on when the seven women show her mm -hmm. the fantasy world that she's going to have to move through, it looks different than the regular art, but also looks different than her hallucinations yeah. with Iron Man and Ruben. Mm -hmm. Like, again, that comes back to all this layers that La Fuentes is doing with this with this art. Yeah. Um, in her own memory it's white on black very mm -hmm. interesting even mm -hmm. when they're being weird mm -hmm. her regular life is kind of colorful and bubbly and pastel and then mm -hmm. the fantasy world is like even more so it's yeah. just the layers are great yeah. i love all of that 
Uh, what is your favorite story part, Lonnie? Oh, my God. I have to say that this hit me in the face. Like how much I loved this one little moment in the midst of all mm-hmm. this stuff that I was really kind of struggling to love. Um, we have this from the women. Belief is for the unknowable. Fear is for what we do know. The wind, the yeah. ice, the dark. We know what you are for us. Holy shit. That is so incredibly powerful. And it's a little cryptic. You know, like, is she going to be the destruction of y'all? Like, is her bringing this princess back going to be the thing that that ends an era for you? Like, is it like, what is she is she going to do? And I just I love this belief is for the unknowable fear Mm -hmm. is for what we do know. Like, you could spend an entire day just unpacking that shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. I think it is absolutely brilliant writing. Um, And I love this very deeply anchored moment in a story that has been so wildly spun out, you know, that there's just this moment of a deep anchoring in, in meaning and what Patsy means to them, you know, mm-hmm. from I suppose she'll do, you know, <laughs> I suppose right. she'll do, right? Um, that like, I guess we'll work with this one, you know, for whatever it is that we need. But these women are, they have a mission that is deeply, deeply um, meaningful to them. And we don't know what that meaning is yet because we're just being mm-hmm. like slapped in the face with whatever garment Patsy's throwing around, you know? Um, but I, I love that moment and I'm still in that moment. Like that is the thing that Mm -hmm. anchors me into the story. And I have to say that that is the moment where I'm like, all right, I'm in, like I'm in, I don't care. Like it doesn't matter how I feel about Patsy. I'm interested in what's going on with these women. That's a, that's a tremendous line. I really Mm -hmm. like that from their perspective that they finally settle out of their own. They're Mm -hmm. still cryptic, but they've settled out of their bickering bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, amongst yeah. themselves to say, okay, but this is actually really important. Yeah, we we brought we did bring you here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite story part is what do you know a Patsy moment <laughs> when, and, and this is a line that I feel like could resonate mm-hmm. through a lot of superhero stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. when you, when somebody which you have yourself, somebody yeah. bounces a little bit off the gooder than good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also like, but superheroes should be aspirational and. <laughs> So there's this moment where she's like, just because I'm optimistic doesn't mean I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love, I mean, Superman could say that and it'd be true and mm-hmm. it means something. He'd say it really different than Patsy yeah. would, but mm-hmm. Patsy could say it. Green Lantern could say it. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man could say it, you yeah. know. Um, uh, you know, your, your, your D and D joke here is that lawful good doesn't mean lawful stupid, you right. know, like, uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I just really I appreciated that. And again, it comes back to what I feel Patsy is largely doing in this mm-hmm. space, which is holding on to the only solid thing she has, which is herself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as unstable as that may be, it's more stable <laughs> than what's going on around her. But it's knowable. Like for her, that right. is the knowable thing. And if she's traipsing into you know, these magical, mystical places where the rules suddenly aren't the rules anymore, holding on to the thing that is knowable, that is herself, and knowing herself really well. Like, I think that's admirable. You know, I think that mm-hmm. is a really great quality. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not dismissing Patsy yet. I might, I might I, learn to love This sounds her. like I'm trying to convince you, yeah. and more it's just like... 
She's 100% my viewpoint here. Right. But this is what you love. And I appreciate that. You know, like, I think that there's good reason to do it. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean that there's anything, like, wrong about you loving it. So, I, you know, absolutely not. And I want to get to that love. I really want to figure it out. And that gets me a little bit closer. That gets me a little bit closer to loving uh, loving Patsy. All right. We'll be back next week with Snowball Effect number three, in which Patsy starts to eat a little metaphorical crow in order to make it up to a literal but magical polar bear. She also learns to read the map. And if you can believe it, things get a little bit weirder. Until then, never, never, never go swimming with possessed and possibly mythical creatures by yourself in Alaska. Rock solid advice. (laughs) Life lessons. (laughs) Thanks for listening to In the Gutter with Joshua Anru and Lonnie Diane Rich. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider talking about it with your friends, leaving a review somewhere, or supporting Chipperish Media, patreon.com slash chipperish.